Good morning, everyone, and um, welcome to the Honest Hustle podcast. My name is Mark. And I'm Ethan. Um, today, we're going to chat about failure, um, what failure is and um, how we can learn from it and how it can actually, in turn, make it successful. So, how are we all doing? Are we all keeping well? Um, what episode are we on now? Is this episode three? Is this episode three. Um, hope you're all enjoying it so far, and we love, um, we've loved all the feedback because um, we're we're still trying to work out what we're trying to do. Um, we're still trying to work out um, just exactly where we're going to take this. But yeah, so how are you keeping, Nathan? Doing well? Keeping very well. Very very tired. Had a bad weekend. <laughs> so let's let's talk quickly just about um, Ethan's. What he does, like during during the month, sometimes he he'll be on call. What what's that about? Uh, well, like I said, episode one, I'm a physio by trade, so uh, at the moment I'm working <coughs> in the hospital doing chest physio, so ensuring people are breathing okay, making sure they're getting enough oxygen into their blood and uh, clearing out their lungs uh, where needed. So every so often I'll do on call shifts where uh, they'll ring and. The hospital will ring and uh, they'll want me to come in and do some uh, urgent chest physio on someone who uh, who's in a real bad way. So Sunday was a, a very, very busy day. I was in five times within a 24-hour shift and uh, it was quite quite tiring. I didn't get a lot of sleep, to be honest. So um, No, that, that would really wreck me, I think. Um, I couldn't really be... Well, it wrecked me. <laughs> play to you. Um, no, happy day. So... Yeah, today we're going to talk about failure. Um, I think I think failure nearly seems like a, a final word, like a word that um, you don't want it to happen to you. I think there's so many people are, are scared of it. I, I know certainly um, at times in my life I was. Um, I think I think so many people are, but I think once we actually look at people who are successful, um, the amount of people that are successful, that, that have failed as much as they have, is extraordinary. <clears throat> um, recently, I've been looking at guys like, do you know the guy Jack Ma, who owns Alibaba? Mm. Um, did you hear, or do you know what I'm about? I don't know his story, no. So, um, Jack Ma owns a, a big, big, massive, massive website called Alibaba. Basically, you can, it's a bit like, kind of like the Chinese version of Amazon, to a degree. Kind of Except you buy items in like maybe, in quantities of ten to hundred thousand or something. They're maybe not all legitimate as well, but um, <laughs> well, it's got a lot better in that regard, actually. <laughs> but Jack, Jack, he, I think he, he had in a speech or something. You could find it on YouTube. But he he talked about how all through his life he applied for this or applied for that, and he never he was never successful in it. Um, I think when. KFC came to China. There was like 28 people applied for a job and 27 got the job. And Jack Ma was the one that didn't get the job. He applied for Harvard a few times, he applied for uni, he failed school. 
but he now he's got a net worth of like it's he's, oh, one, he's one of the richest men in the world i think he's not too far behind jeff of amazon but um it just shows you so i was, I was kind of thinking like i think that'd be a good thing to talk about because i think we all go through it at some stage in our lives i think um we've got four aspects we're going to probably talk about and definitely three of them i'm pretty <laughs> pretty good at um with my experience and on failure with them but um so we'll talk about probably just right from the start academic i think um growing up we're all taught that especially in this country that you know you have to do well in your exams or else you're not going to go back in school or even right down as early as like uh, your transfer test when we done it you know that 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 determined where you went to school and there was so much pressure on it and there was so much um, like outcome based on whether you, in brackets, succeeded or not, you know. Or, and so for me, I think my, my academic journey was definitely, I think it's based on perspective, but I think in the environment I was in, I think I probably didn't succeed as well as, as most people. Um, so I went to a grammar school in Balamina and the, the onus on everybody was that they they're really really intelligent and really, really smart and uh, <laughs> I, I I wasn't how, how were you at school were you like um, probably mediocre at, at most things there was nothing that I really excelled at but then that's kind of how I am with, with most things to be honest so so even like for for toxic GCSE results what what did you get? Uh, a star, seven A's, a B and a C. Wow. See, for example, like that's that's amazing. <laughs> Do you know what I got? What? I got a B and seven C's. You know, and... But the thing, I, I want to I interject here because the, the reason why I said why I said that I'm, I'm mediocre uh, is that... Do you think it's, it's because of the environment? I don't know, like... I for me for me to get those results, I had to work so 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 hard to get them. It was like I I can look back on it and say yeah yeah they're good GCSE results, but I put in so many hours mm-hmm. and so much work to get them. Whereas like a, a lot of the time, people I I could rhyme those results off to someone and someone like people look at you and, and you think. Or you're just naturally smart, as if it was easy for me to get those results, which it wasn't. Um, it, so it's kind of it's something that, that bothers me sometimes because, like, people assume yeah. that because those results are what people would typically say is good, they would typically think that you're smart and therefore think it was easy to get them, which it doesn't make sense <coughs> to me because that wasn't the case at all. <laughs> so I think, like, yeah, I think definitely working hard will in most cases, give you like an outcome that you're happy with, like success. Um, for me, probably looking back, it, it didn't work. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what that was based on. I think it was maybe more for, I didn't think I could get the results. So there's no mm. point trying because I, I didn't, I was kind of scared of... A confidence thing? Yeah, it was a confidence thing. And it was, it was probably a confidence thing and, you know, in success or something or I didn't think I could get the grades that I needed or want it, you know, so what was the point of trying because you're going to make yourself look bad when you feel anyway and <clears throat> I think obviously now 15 years on whatever it is now like that's completely stupid mm. <laughs> you know like, like <clears throat> you have to work to <clears throat> pardon me guys 
you have to do, you have to work to get what you need. But I think there's so much, I, I think, pressure put on young people mm. with, with, with grades and um, qualifications that you, you'd have to say, are, are they overly relevant in today's society? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think, like, <clears throat> uh, academia is something I have very strong opinions on which is ironic because I'm doing a PhD and, I, and, and I've done a master's, but, uh, well, this, this is even more ironic. Like, so I, I've done, done my undergrad, done my master's and now be doing a PhD and people think like you must just love university and they think it's like the best thing in the world. He absolutely but, does. He loves it. No, no, I don't like, I would, I would <clears throat> encourage most people to really, really think about whether university is the right move for them. And in a lot of situations, like a, a significant amount of situations, it is not the correct way to go. Now, there are certain exceptions to that. So if you want to go into law or medicine uh, or a medical career like what mm -hmm. I'm in or some something you need that degree level uh, of education uh, and learning, and specifically qualifications to get you into a job, then it's a hundred percent necessary. Yeah. But like, there's so many other ways around it. So like, there's if you want to be an accountant, you don't have to go to uni anymore to to do a degree in accountancy. You can do an apprenticeship with uh, with any number of accountancy mm -hmm. firms, and and, <clears throat> and it's the same with so many other career moves these days. Yeah. Like, so, there's no there's no point you rattling up. Uh, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30,000 pounds worth of debt to do something that you could do for free. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Um, so go, going back to even the GCSEs, I think um, today, today's not like a therapy session, but <laughs> it's good to talk about it, I think. Um, I, I'm happy to talk about talk about it all. But I think when I got my GCSE results, I thought, game over. Life, life is over a field. This is, you know, and... I think it was. That's definitely a product of your environment because oh, our our school was was very much like that. If, you know, like like there was guys that um, you always got the the people that were like, oh, I didn't I didn't try very hard there, or I didn't didn't really didn't think I'd done that well, but they they got an A star, ninety six percent. You know, do you ever get those people like, oh, what did you get? Oh, I got I got sixty two. Oh, that's very very good, Mark. Well, it's not really because you got like ninety seven. You know, it's not good, <laughs> but they were still. Um, so <clears throat> I think because of the environment I was in, I felt like life had just stopped, you know, I thought. And it really put me in a bit of like a panic and a fear. It's like, well, what do I do next? Mm. You know, and obviously... I think that's part of the problem, but yeah. because certainly, again, in our school, it was like, if you if you weren't going to go to university, they, seen, they didn't care. And I was seen as really like, well, good luck. And it's a lot. It's not just our school because a lot, a lot of other schools are like this. And the and the <coughs> fact that the more the more pupils they get into university, the better they look in the overall statistics of how mm -hmm. good your school is. And and therefore, if they can push more people to go, mm -hmm. uh, they will do that. And like my, like I can remember uh, my my sister like specifically just being sidelined because she wasn't. Not that she didn't even want to go to uni, she just didn't know what she wanted to do. And fair play to her, refused to pick a course for the sake of picking one, mm. which our, again, again, our school was, was, was quite, quite forward and, and really pushing you to do. 
um, yeah, um, but I, sh- I should say that like it's kind of interesting because now these days I'm involved with Young Enterprise, um, the organisation that helps kind of put business experience and business education um, back in schools, and it's, it's a really wonderful program, and I'm really really enjoying it. And so I, I'm actually working with another, it's kind of like the rival school in Ballymena. Um, we'll not give any names just yet. I don't think you know. We've kind of like <laughs> well, if you, if you, you know, you know, it's one with a green uniform. <laughs> um, but I must say, I'm so impressed by. I'm actually got, I spent a bit of time with the principal last week, and I was so impressed by their viewpoint on on careers and education. How much? Because um, I think they know now that university isn't for everybody. And no. that, that was that was class. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so the whole the whole failure there was like, like I think because I'd no I'd no real idea what the next outcome was or what the next step was because it hadn't hadn't got plan A, mm-hmm. there was no plan B and I think there's so many people that that will happen to and then they kind of go through life with a bit of chip on their shoulder because they, they haven't like measured up and like again now that that's that's really stupid like it's not that's not right you know um but but again that's uh, it's partly a product of, of your environment yeah. again because um it's children need to be told that it's okay to not know what they want to do because yeah. um, there's like Mark's example is, is, isn't unique. Like there's, there's loads of children that have, have went through the exact same thing and that because they don't know what they want to do, they think sort of like, what's the point or what, why am I doing this? If I don't know what I want to do, sure. I'm not going to go to this thing now anyway. And, uh, and, beforehand uh, a lot of the time children were kind of just forgotten about them and and they were just kind of let be but instead the, in my opinion the, the correct way to to go about uh, that kind of mindset is to encourage children to tr- just basically go out and try things and get experience yeah. and things and and go out and see what the world has to mm-hmm. offer like there's Certainly, these days, if you're if you're not sure about what you want to do in regards to university, take a year off. Go and get as much experience in different jobs and different lifestyles and and different countries and travel the world a bit and see what see what is out there and see what you can do before you make that decision. Because three years can take up quite a long time in your life. And it's, it's mad that three years can actually determine the rest of your life. In some yeah. cases, like so. Am I? Am I? Normal day to day, I work with so many people that um, just just still don't have a clue what they're doing. You know, um, even tonight I'm working with a new client, and he he's been his he been in, he's in his role like I'd say fifteen years, and now he's just all of a sudden going, "What am I doing this for?" You know, and I think this guy he's he's, he's a bit older than us, you know, and but that, that's 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 not a, a new thing for me. Like that, that's kind of. I, I see it basically every day, and I think the normal sort of path that people have been conditioned to go on, um, they go to uni, they, they pick a course that maybe kind of suits them, but they've no real interest in it, you know. I don't think mm. anybody can get excited about, you know, like all the all the rubbish courses that this on offer, you know. There is, like, again, from being involved in academia, there's so many Mickey Mouse courses you know, and that... that they're waste. They're wasting people's time, and like you can, 
you could do some of the some of those courses in like a like a three month period if you really wanted to. I think yeah, you absolutely could. And uh, but there's there's <coughs> certain there is certain like as much as I'm today sounding very uh, very against university. There's there's a lot of there is a lot of things that it, that it can offer, and I just want to point this out before we we move on, hmm. and that you even if you pick a course and say halfway through it you think this isn't really for me first of all there, there's nothing stopping you dropping out and going for, going to a different one but that's just by the by mm-hmm. but even if you decide halfway through that you're you're maybe not sure or you're maybe mm-hmm. still you're maybe still unsure of, of where where your life's going to take <clears> you <throat> university is very good for a couple of specific things that it teaches you how to how to critically analyze and critically critically review um so a lot, a lot of different things. And is that is that relevant for everybody? I think I don't know. Like- oh, it's, it's a definite life skill. Like you, you have to be able to 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 listen to someone and think. Uh-huh. What well, right? Well, where is he getting this information from? Is he a person that can be that I can trust? Is is his sources credible? Um, and from that, you then start to develop your own opinions and your own thoughts on whatever that topic is. You, the more you learn and delve deeper into that uh that particular subject area mm-hmm. the more learned you become and you start to have your own uh, sourced opinions and uh, uh which you can back up with with solid uh, solid proof yeah. and research and whatnot and it's <clears throat> uh, that's a very concise um example mm-hmm. of what critical thinking is uh but to be able to apply that in, in an industry level or or, uh, or in or in the private sector is a very very sought after skill uh, because no no one no one wants to go into business with someone based on based on a pure hunch. Like you, <laughs> you have to be able to to show that you've been able to critically review whatever data is out there. Uh, well, that's due diligence these days, yeah. Like in business, but I think there's so many <clears throat> amazing businesses and ideas have started just on a hunch or an instinct. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, so interesting to it. Um, I think. That you, you don't you don't need to go to university to learn that skill. That, yeah. But what I'm saying is, uh, if you if you if you're on a good course, like mm-hmm. not a Mickey Mouse course, but like a good one, uh, they it will teach you how to do that to an exceptionally well level. So, so we mentioned Mickey Mouse courses. Like we're not going to obviously say um, golf course management. Golf course management, something like that. Or, <laughs> like there there are degrees like that out or, there, which it doesn't need to be a degree. You like, I'm not taking anything away from that course. But like, I'm sure those people would far rather do a six month intense course and do three or four years of a of a degree in that area. <clears throat> it just doesn't make sense to me that there's so many people that all feel pressured because they don't know the other options, but they go mm. to uni, not really, but they're more interested in the social life and going out with their mates at night and stuff. And but they'll come out with thirty, forty thousand pound in debt. Yeah, and maybe be able to land like <clears throat> a job that pays like, say, for example, twenty three grand a year. You know. Is, is that is that worth it? And then obviously you're then in a job that's really relevant to your degree that you haven't really wanted to do in the first place. You're therefore you're kind of in a job that you don't really like, mm. and then you're not even getting paid well enough to to, to justify being there to, to yeah. be worth it, you know. And that, that's kind of like a cycle that I see so many people in, mm-hmm. and it's I, I I would argue it starts from school, doesn't it? Like it definitely, it definitely does, and it's so interesting because I think I I definitely went down it. I Somehow got the uni in the end and did an English degree. Um, English, like it was, unless you're going to be in academia and do a PhD in lecture, 
I it's, it's helped me a wee bit. It's, it's not. I think it's probably helped you in a lot of ways that you maybe don't realise it has. Probably, I think. Well, I don't know, but I think. Um, but leaving leaving uni with an English degree. Bear in mind with that, I actually got a third. I don't mind saying that on, on, on a podcast that I got was a forty-eight. That was my score, and again, I, I just had no interest in the course. It was I was absolutely, it was so irrelevant, really. Like mm. it was, uh, <laughs> um, it's just it was so interesting, you know. And that, that's in a sense that like, why did I pass my gut for three years? I, sh- I probably shouldn't have went in the first place, but um, but there we are. I finished it, and then. What, where did that really get me? You know, because because of the amount of people that graduate, like what what options are there? You know, so I think anything that I've done since uni, I've had to do nearly on my own bat in the sense that my first job I got because I went and did voluntary work experience for like three months, mm. and that, that gave me enough experience to kind of um, convince a recruiter to put me in for a job. Yeah. And that's what, like, that's a, that's a very, very good point these days that you'll, qualifications in general, GCSEs right the way through to degree level qualifications are, are so common. It's, you, oh. you aren't, you, you aren't going to get selected ahead of someone just because you have a degree anymore. And you, you need to have something on your roster that is able to show and differentiate that you are a better candidate for that job. Um, like it used, like as I said, like I'm doing a PhD at the minute, and like that's not really an uncommon thing anymore. Like 20, <laughs> 20 30 years ago, yeah, it was. You were kind of you're nearly put up on a pedestal because because you had one. But nowadays, like like there's there's at least sort of I think maybe fifteen people in my office alone, and there could be fifteen or twenty offices like that on my campus, and <laughs> like that that's a lot of a lot of PhD candidates and like it's not and it's often seen as being the highest level of academic success but there's not like it's not really that uncommon anymore but so you have to even in, in that sort of sense like I'm having to think of ways in which I can sort of uh, put myself ahead of other people to show what mm. the extra things that I've done but the reason why I bring that up is because that's that's how you'll get chosen for a job these days like if you uh, let's say like a like a, a media production job or something, and you have a degree in that area, that's not enough. You need a portfolio of things to show, like yeah. uh, like work that you've done, and that could be free work. Uh, you need uh, people to to review you. Mm-hmm. You need uh, you you'll need a website of your own of your own stuff and like your contact details, and you'll you'll need proof that you've gone out there and you've done all this stuff. So it's interesting, like like I. I, I spend a lot of time recruiting. Um, that's kind of worked in really well with what I do. And the amount I, I, I would see thousands of CVs. I would say, well, maybe a thousand. I would, I would say hundreds anyway, probably close to a thousand in the last few years. Um, and for the most part, they're all the same. <laughs> it's so hard to. Um, yeah, so I think I think we're trying to get to, like, I think if you go that path, um, and you feel like you're, you're maybe failing, or you're maybe not happy, or you're not you're not feeling the right thing. Like I think a, a lot, of, large part is it's maybe the path that you've been really conditioned to go down, and mm. definitely for me. But 
that that's been the case. But um, I think the important thing to kind of hit education's nail on the head. You have to. What what I want you to take away from this is that um, your academic success is probably one of the least things that will dictate your life. Absolutely, like yeah, it's, def- it's definitely up there. As long as you as long as you have the minimum to get into get into whatever you want to do, or at least just the minimum in general. Like mm-hmm. what is it like a C in in GCSE maths and English for for the majority of jobs, and a lot of jobs don't even need that. Mm-hmm. Um, like. It, do, it doesn't, it will not uh, limit your success in, in life. And uh, for, for anyone out there that thinks that it does, take it from someone who's who's currently doing what is typically seen as the highest level of academic success. You do not need to go that far to get anywhere in life. Like there's, I, I, w- <laughs> I will have so much more uh, respect for people if, if they are just typically hard workers, honest people, and <clears throat> and try their best at what they're doing. Absolutely, I think I think more now that once I kind of have got more into like business and stuff, I think I find I have more people, I have more in common with like guys from like a trade background or something like that. I just just kind of click with them guys because I get I get the work they've put in. I get the whole sort of like starting from the bottom, maybe as the underdog and coming out on top, you know that type of thing. But I right, so moving in the like, sort of career failures. <laughs> I think um, now that I see, I, I was always kind of destined to go out on my own. It was going to be very, very hard for me to find something that I succeeded at in, in work. So even, and I think this is something that affects so many people is like applying for a job you didn't get, you know, or applying for something you really wish that you could. Oh, I, like, I remember there was one job. <clears throat> I remember I was, I used to work in an office in Belfast and it was I learned a lot but I suppose that was based on my um, my attitude that I, I thought well I might as well make a most of a bad situation <laughs> but it's an excellent attitude to have you know but there was this there was this job at Audi um, and I applied for it thinking this I, I, I would love this job I mean love it and I was so excited and um, I think it was too like Back then, it was to be like an Audi genius or something like that. Or so you had to go in and learn everything about Audis, and I thought this would be just brilliant. You know, I wasn't even sure how much money it would be. Um, in hindsight, it probably wouldn't have been enough. <laughs> you just wanted a company car, but I don't even think you got a company car. But I thought even just talking about cars all day and talking about Audis would have been the best thing. And I always remember it. It's so so interesting to think about this, like that. Um, I went to the interview and thought, oh, I've done okay there, done, done okay. And then a week or two later, I got the Dear John. So Dear John is basically a rejection letter. Sorry, we've got somebody else, sorry, you weren't successful. And I was absolutely got it. You know, and at the time I thought, that was it, that was my chance, you know. And it's so funny that at that time, in the midst of your failure, that you think, there's no other options. There's no other, there's no bigger plan. There's no, like you think it's game over. And I think, <clears throat> I think the biggest lesson you can learn with that is that you just have to always believe that there's bigger, there's hope, you know, and fast forward four years on, you know, uh, that other job would have been 
really detrimental to my my journey you know but at the time it was like the biggest thing um and i think at the time you never see that you just think oh flip what am i going to do now that that was that was my chance and i ruined it i, I didn't get it i didn't take my shot you know and or took my shot and i missed and th- those are all experiences that can really wreck you you mm-hmm. know there's so many people that you know that'll have experiences like that and they'll not be able to bounce back from it i think one of the problems is when you're younger you think very one-dimensionally Absolutely. as in no, that's, that's, it. that's it in the nail head like it's it's the this this job well we talked about an education so like education that this my my ability to perform an education is is the most important thing and the defining factor in my life once you get past that it's it's a job and people think oh well this job and getting this job is is the most important uh factor in, in determining the, the success of my life and but it's not until you start to mature a lot more that you begin to realize that um your whole life is is multifactorial and it's there's so many so so many variant factors in your life that that oh, will determine goodness. your success and people are successful <clears throat> in different ways and therefore because of that people feel in different ways and no just because you might look at one person and think well he failed all his GCSEs um he's a failure but he's a, he's a success in many more ways <clears throat> than that <clears throat> it's, it's, it's it's so interesting but what would really urge everybody that listens this is that you know if you do go through a failure that you know just really try and think bigger than it and really try and think like oh well maybe that wasn't maybe for me um you know and i think it's, it's at the time obviously it's the last thing you want to think about you think you're, you're just got it and that's okay because i think there's so many times that i, I definitely was probably <laughs> i think if we i've probably more experience talking about what hasn't worked in business I think um, there's been <laughs> so many times that um, it just hasn't worked. Um, I there's, there's been two or three things that like were at the time the most cringiest things. <laughs> so I remember uh, I worked for I did a bit of contract work for a firm in London, and I was like shortlisting people and all this kind of stuff. But because and the, the, I suppose this is, you know, we, we touched on it last week, but my grammar being so good now, at the time it wasn't. So I was submitting these reports with awful grammar. <laughs> and I just looked like an absolute amateur. <laughs> you know, um, like, uh, this, it was a really, really good contract. It was really, really good money. Um, this is me just starting out my business. It was, I think it was maybe three months in the game, like, you know, self-employment and uh, <laughs> to be told... Ah, there's there's some maybe small issues with your grammar there, and I'm kind of going, oh, <laughs> and it was it was a wee bit oh flip, that's that's a wee bit gotten like you know. But then the lesson I learned from that was, well, I need to get good at grammar. Yeah, you know, and now I think it's reasonably good. And that's that's a very important point. Like I going through university. Um, my as I say, my undergrads in physiotherapy, but at the same time, I done like I done a few qualifications in personal training and stuff. And again, that's another dream that's sold to you in a in a two week course, which is another my grievances in it. It's another podcast in, in itself. But technically, I I am I am qualified to to practice as a as a personal trainer. But um, what it's this is kind kind of linked to business in that. 
Um, so I did, uh, I did practice as a personal trainer for a while and had a few one-on-one clients and uh, most notably I had, I had a few like book, early morning boot camps and kettlebell classes and, and things like that there which is probably the, the main main source of, of my income at that time and that that period of my life sort of sort of came and went over a period of maybe two or three two or three years mainly over the summer months and and a lot of people would would look at that and say to the say to themselves well sure Ethan Laurie failed at being being a personal trainer because like he's not doing it anymore like what was the point of him doing that and all this here and like going and doing all them courses and stuff but doing going through that helped me in a significant number of ways because yeah I, I might not be Northern Ireland's most prominent personal trainer but doing those early morning boot camps taught me how how to get up early in the mm-hmm. day like I was getting up at half five going up setting up the boot camp between uh, running between six and seven and uh, I was dealing with customers I had to be able to communicate to people with with something that a lot of people aren't very confident in and I had to teach them how to do stuff and I had to uh, had to manage my my finances at a very early stage and uh, I had to had to do a myriad of different things that I've been taught a whole bunch of life lessons from <clears throat> and not only that like I like I, I I was had a had a small part-time job at the time but sort of towards the end of university I was planning on proposing to my wife and like having that extra job was acting as a personal trainer or, or fitness instructor mm-hmm. gave me those that extra money to be able to to be able to buy an engagement ring and like I can look back and say look at all these skills I might not have had if I didn't put myself through this and look uh, look at the engagement ring I was able yeah. to buy because I went I went through it so people can say yes in one sense I failed at being a personal trainer but I succeeded and again in so many different ways because I because I put myself through it and I applied myself through it as well yeah um like that, that's that, there's, I think there's lessons to be learned from everything I think um one of the biggest lessons I've learned um, with all that, in, in terms of like failure, is you don't you don't get involved or chase things that will end in failure. You know, you can kind of pick your battles to a degree. So, one of the, <laughs> the most awkward memory of business, probably for me, yet um, I, I took on. I managed to get this client. They're big, massive, forty million pound turnover business, and I I, I said to them. Yep, absolutely. I'll be able to find you an accountant, no problem. Like as a recruiter, I went down, met them, and all, and wonderful, brilliant. Got all mail with them, and then <laughs> realised as soon as I took it on, oh, actually, this is really, really hard to find somebody. <laughs> you know, but I just thought at the time, right, I need the money. Um, I'd be really good opportunity to work with these guys, um, and I know. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't able to. Oh, I was able to find one person but they wouldn't answer their phone. <laughs> so I'll always remember having a conference call with this company, the manager, it was a finance director, and the HR manager and me on a conference call. And they're going, well, Mark, who, who do you have for us? <laughs> and I was just like, um, well, I don't have anybody. Um, it was absolutely grim. It was so awkward. It was so funny. It's funny now, but at the time I was like, "This is where is this hole that I can just swallow me up 
and get this over with because it was the most awful thing having this big this big amazing client that I'd really no right to be working with because I, I couldn't really fulfill what they were looking for and I, I think it was maybe naivety I think it was maybe um I, I'm not really too sure but I took it on anyway thinking how oh, well how hard could it be turns out no it was very very hard <laughs> and, it, and it gave me a real um a real wake up in that sense that you know we I think <clears throat> feel your to a degree can be kind of controlled by what you put into it, what you can do, you know. Like, say now, if I was to put myself out, as like, to go try and be something that, like a doctor or a rugby player or, or somebody like, that had to be professional or really gifted at to do, I would feel, you know. And I think, I think learning, it's actually really, like, liberating, knowing what you can and can't do. Like, playing to your strengths, basically, you know. But um, from that, I learned that, oh, I actually have a niche of finding people. I'm really good at finding like engineers or, or managers or, or people like that. But see accountants, I've, I've, I've no experience in. I can't do it. And even now, I don't really like doing it. Because like, it, it, just, it was just so interesting, but it was the most awkward, frustrating. At the time, I felt awful because I thought I'd blown this big, amazing chance with this client, you know. And But I'd really know business working with them anyway. Yeah, so. I think certainly um, a lot of, and again, it sort of circles back to what I was saying a couple of minutes ago, people think failure is just telling you what you can't do or what you're not good at, but what it actually does a lot of the time is it shows you what you are, what you can do and what you are good at. That's so true. And it's it's something that people really have to remember. Like I, I would look, look at that in a slightly different way and just say, look, well, you, you put yourself through that experience knowing that it would be mm-hmm. difficult, mm-hmm. but you, you came out the other end having worked uh, or tried to work with a, a 40 million pound firm, which is an experience mm-hmm. in and of itself. You you seen how you did try and recruit a high-end accountant to work mm-hmm. in that position. Mm-hmm. And from that, you're able to, to critically analyze and say, well, what did I do in mm-hmm. that situation? Or uh, what did I do right and what did I do wrong? And if the opportunity presented itself again where, where you had to go and try and recruit a, a similar per, or recruit for a similar role, you would be have that experience under your belt, albeit what you would deem a, a poor experience, but you still have it and you're still able to to, to look back on it and, and take what you can from it. Like like life life wouldn't be life wouldn't be very interesting if it was all success. No. You're you you're, you're dictated more by by your adversities than you are by your uh, by by your wins, and it's a very that's something I, I very very truly believe. Yeah, I think I think from everything I've I've, I've kind of experienced now that my view and failure and I is just a trial of something. Mm. You know, I think um, the failure, the, the sort of fear of failure is literally that you're scared of trying. You know, yeah. and try and try is okay. I think now, and I think it ties in. I think definitely at school and you know, I wasn't overly confident. I think I maybe suffered a bit of like a lack of confidence or whatever. And I think because now I've, I've established what I'm good at, I've established what I'm doing, where I'd like to go, where I feel I'm going. Um, it, it gives you a lot of confidence in that, you know. So I think with failure, um, <clears throat> I think yeah, like I think. I think really understanding those really um, 
it really, really moves you forward. Like so, even for example, even honest inspiration. So say, um, see, see our second event. It was it was an amazing, amazing event. We had, we had, we had fantastic speakers, um, and everybody who was there, um, they, they loved it. But on paper, in my head, I I, I kind of saw it as a failure, and this is before Ethan kind of came involved. So it was kind of just me dealing with this, kind of going, this was absolutely awful. I, I, I failed, but in hindsight, the reason it failed was because it was a really rubbish night. <laughs> it was in the middle of June and I bought all this like, extra catering and, you know, and, um, and there was, wasn't enough people there to, to warrant it, you know, and, and maybe sort of tickets sold. And I think um, if I hadn't had kind of like worked out you know, like like before that, the failure was it would have crushed me. You know, mm. I thought, flip, that's a dream over. You know, and I think, and like to, to people, people really wouldn't have seen that or knew that that like that because it was a really big, it really it was got a good me. event. Like, it, was, it was a good event. It was a great event, but but really, <laughs> really, it got me. Like I was like, flip me. I think it's important to note that it's not. It's it's. Very, very rarely an out and out failure. It's more of a learned experience yeah. regarding anything that you're you're putting yourself through. But I suppose in my eyes, and that that, that sort of aspect that it maybe was, and even though maybe it was wrong, because there were so so many ways that it was successful. Like we we'd we'd phenomenal speakers. You know, it was class, um, and there was so much positives came from it. You know, and um, but no, it, it took me it took me a day or two to kind of. Come, come back from that one, and I'm actually going to give him a shout because he, he really did. He really restored my faith in humanity, and that was Jason McKeown, Doctor Jason McKeown from Modi's Health, um, and Euro Valens. We, we breakfast like the week after, and I think just before that, I was like really just like, we bit down, <laughs> and it was actually Jason. He, um, really picked me up. So th- thank, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, I think definitely. With regards to whatever whatever you're going through in in your own life that makes you think that you're you're a bit of a failure or or even if you don't even if you're maybe not failing at everything but you you've been hit with like at least one or two big failures you you and I I, I truly believe this this can be applied to anyone that you need adversity to to shape you as as a person heading 100%. forward because. <clears throat> If you if you think of someone Joe Bloggs who enters into a certain industry and has literally never failed at one single thing, I wouldn't trust that Joe Bloggs as far as I could <laughs> throw him for one one specific reason and the fact that I don't know how he's going to react when he does face adversity. Yeah, when it goes bad, I think uh, exactly. And you can't. I I wouldn't I wouldn't trust. Like he might. Yeah, he might get get in, into a into a fairly fairly decent role but th- like that guy's never going to um never going to lead uh, lead a team ahead of someone else who who has faced adversity like you you have to be able to go through it to understand how you yourself react to it how you, uh, you have to go through it to understand your uh, your contingency mindset and and the fact that how how you proceed forward with a certain scenario if it all does hit the fan and like like I, like again, I know we were talking about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu last week, which, as as I discussed, I'm I'm still a very yeah, big that's, that's novice. Perfect, that's a perfect example. So like last last night, I was at Jiu-Jitsu, and uh, for the first time in eight weeks, 
uh, we were rolling at the end and I was able to tap, I made someone else tap out uh, before the timer went. And that took me eight weeks to get to. And that was that was eight weeks of rolling maybe, oh, like maybe 30, 40 times with other people and failing every single time. They, I was tapping out, the timer went, I, I was always getting, people were always uh, getting the pass on me. I was failing every single time. Uh, but like, I just had to remind myself, like, there, there's so many people would be put off in a scenario like that there where, where they're failing every time. Imagine going to rugby for, for the first time and not being able to catch the ball when it's thrown at you, one of the one of the supposedly easiest things to do with the sport. Like it's a similar thing. Like people people were constantly coming out on top against me. But you, you have to remind yourself that especially with a new a, a new skill that you're trying to learn or a new role that you're trying to take part on, like you are new. You you're not expected to know the answer to everything. You're, yes, you're expected to, to try and yeah. learn and apply the things that you've been taught uh-huh. and ask questions and learn from other people and watch other people while they're doing it. That's how you, that's how you do succeed in the end, by, by applying all that stuff. But without me being able to do that, like I, I, would, never, I would never have technically won for the first time last night in, in eight weeks of doing it. Can you listen, by the way? That, that's for like, pretty... Pretty cool. For like uh, for other people though, that could be it could be three weeks that it takes, or Mm -hmm. it could be eight months instead of eight weeks. Uh, But it's that it's that sticking with it even through all the failures that will that will shape you as as a sportsman or as a career person or as a businessman or a husband or a wife or whatever it might be. I think I think that actually um, leads in a very very interesting topic, um, probably coming towards the end of this episode that. Failure is always you. See, see if you measure if you try and measure against other people and their successes and what they've done, you're gonna fail because we're all so different. Oh, you'll fail every time. You know, like there's so many, like, like <clears throat> there's so many people that, and I, I think I, I was definitely there, maybe in the early part of my career that I saw people that um, were ahead of me, doing better, earning more drove a nice car or something, you know, and I thought, oh, flip, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing that, you know. And I I think based on your environment and based who you listen to and what, what your viewpoint is, that, that can be pretty crushing, like, because you think, oh, I'm not measuring up to this. That's that's who you're meant to be. But it's, it's a load of nonsense, like, you know, like everybody's different. Everybody's level of success is different. And I think everybody's timing of success is different, you know, Um I, I laugh and joke with people. I I didn't find out what I wanted to do with my life until I was like twenty six. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, like, why did you Ethan? Twenty five. You know what I mean. So, like another year later, you would be if you were with me. Like you'd be like, we're gonna. Oh well, this is what I do. You know, and <clears throat> like that. So for for a lot of people, that's, that's maybe kind of early, but still for me, that took like when I was really more aware of it all. It took what, ten years of leaving school to work out. I wanted to do but the problem is a lot of people are told that when they're 18 or when they're 16 mm. they, they need to know what they want to do you know, which is a pile of rubbish and they, even there even at 26 working out what I wanted to do I still wasn't succeeding from the start you know it's still three years in there's still um, there will be mishaps and blips along the way and I think no, I think it's just how I react to it I don't really see it as failure I just see it as 100% almost. it's your attitude <clears> along <throat> the way like you like me and you both know a lot of people who, and 
in secular ways, they're 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 deemed to be successful because they drive an amazing car and they bring in hundreds of thousands and and uh, revenue in their businesses and they've a big six bedroom mansion and stuff like that there and like that's that's not how you measure success but by any means uh, if you think that your your head's in the clouds like I I know uh, to, to finish up there's there's a guy that works in my in my local village and he is he's a, he's a road sweeper like like that's that's his job and so many people would look at that job and think that uh, think that that guy hasn't really hasn't really done much with his life but here's something for you after 25 well it used to be back in the day that after 25 years in a job or post retirement you would be presented with a gold watch to as a as a to, to show to show your your commitment to the firm or, or your commitment to the job over that period of years right this guy who who's a road sweeper got a gold watch after his first year in the job because of his attitude that he had and and performing his his duties throughout throughout the day and throughout the week that guy goes out every single day and he cleans that cleans that road as if he's cleaning his own house for the queen coming around and he, everyone around the village has so much respect for him and would do anything for the guy because they know of his attitude and of his his will to just put in the work mm-hmm. regardless of where he is at and i think that's something that everyone can 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 learn from but like f- failure failure does not dictate your life it shapes oh, it so i think i think we could we we could we'd be very much in danger of becoming joe rogan here i think with our three hour episodes but i don't think we're just there yet or have the audience or the represent the rep- reputation even that's only a couple of minutes longer than last week uh, so uh, we'll have to maybe cut it short because we're we're conscious of people taking out their time to listen to this well let us know actually what you do think about the length of our episodes and the content and that that you're listening to and and how we're doing it and uh would would you rather us do it in a certain way or would you rather us talk about certain topics and like we we need to know all this stuff because like you guys are our listeners and, and we as much as we might have a plan in our head, um, uh, we we need your feedback as well. So let us know and uh, send us a message, send us a DM or whatever, uh, and let us know what you think. Yeah, like definitely over the next few weeks, we're going to have guests on the podcast, and um, we've got a lot of really interesting people lined up that we think we think we're going to love, um, and we're we're so interested to hear their stories and hear what makes them tick and go like. But if you have any ideas or, or topics that you'd like us to talk about yourselves, we're, we're quite open to that. Um, 100%. Um, but ho- hopefully today you got a wee bit of an insight into failure isn't final. Um, failure just means trying something else or trying it a different way and just, just keep trying, really. You know, I think the, the reason that I've kept trying is, I suppose, because it, it means now that I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm doing a lot better than maybe was definitely 10 years ago anyway. So... Um, no, thank, thanks so much, everybody, for, for taking the time out to listen to this. Um, I really hope it helps you. And if you need anything else, just send us a message on Instagram. Definitely. And uh, remember to uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, it is available on, on most, uh, if not all, popular podcast platforms. Um, definitely follow us on Instagram at Honest Inspo and on Facebook at Honest Inspiration. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks.